You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Good morning, and welcome to The Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman here with my colleague, Phil Zapeta. Good morning, Phil. Hey, good morning, Katie. Glad to be here with you. Absolutely. Thrilled to have to be again here with you again this morning. Uh, we thank you all for joining us this morning. We welcome all who are listening on WNDZ, 750 AM here in Chicago, and all who are watching our live stream on YouTube and Facebook at Catholic Chicago. We've got such a special show for you today. Frequent listeners of The Voice of Charity know that we always look forward to celebrating the legacy of St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming place that cared for nearly 60,000 women, children, and families for over 91 years in Chicago. The Daughters of Charity Religious Order started caring for expectant mothers and their children in 1881. In 1921, Catholic Charities Catholic Home Bureau received its license from the state of Illinois to carry out adoptions and foster care placements. And in 1931, St. Vincent's became part of Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago, enriching the lives of Chicagoans until 1972, when the state of Illinois took over foster care and adoptions. So, Katie, we know this beautiful brick building, right, in which St. Vincent's operated for its last 41 years at 721 North LaSalle Street in Chicago. It's the same building that continues to act as Catholic Charities headquarters in Chicago. Um, and we are there today. And the spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the work of Catholic Charities as our post-adoption services team meets with adult adoptees throughout the year who reach out to learn more about the early lives and some return to Chicago to take a tour of 7, 721 North LaSalle, coming home for a visit after many, many years. Pat Conway is one of those very special people who came home to St. Vincent's, and we're delighted to have Pat on the show today with Lisa Francis, who is Catholic Charities post-adoption specialist, who does a phenomenal job at keeping the legacy of St. Vincent's alive and well for Catholic Charities. Good morning to both of you, Lisa and Pat. Good morning. Good morning. Good Thanks morning. for having us. We are so thrilled to have you both on the show today. Um, I'm, I'm asking, you know, just wondering, Lisa, if you could please start us out uh, by reminding our audience what you and your colleagues in the Post-Adoption Services Department um, offer to adult adoptees who are want to learning more about those early years of their life. Sure. Many adoptees come to us because they want to know um, some background information about how they came to be adopted. So we provide what's called non-identifying information from a file, and that's everything we possibly can by law, um, by adoption law. So that would include things like ethnicity, age of birth parents, social background, um, any occupation, education, uh, family constellation. What we're not allowed to provide is the identifying information, and that would be names of birth parents or addresses. We also provide um, search and reunion services when people are interested in connecting with a biological relative. And we do that for adoptees, and we do that for birth parents as well. 
We also provide support groups for those in the adoption circle. So for adopted persons, um, other groups for birth parents, um, adoptive parents come to groups as well, sometimes siblings that are involved in the reunion and just counseling. Um, if people come to us and are just in need of counseling, we provide that as well. If someone uh, comes to Chicago, like Pat from out of town, we're always happy to give a tour of St. Vincent's too. Lisa, good morning. Phil Zapata here. I'm such a, a big fan of your work, so thanks thanks again for, for joining us. Hey, in, in many Thank cases, you. adult adoptees want to learn more about their biological relatives for personal reasons, right? Uh, certainly. But sometimes they need to know additional information for medical reasons. Can you talk uh, to us a little bit about that? Sure. There's sometimes people want to know what medical information is in the file, and we're always happy to provide that. However, the files um, are older, so there often isn't much medical information in there. So that's when the search and reunion services come into play because we would need to reach out to birth family to get an updated um, medical background. So in that people are reaching out or we're reaching out to relatives for people um, on their behalf to obtain that medical information. Certainly. I want to fold Pat Conway into our, our conversations right now. And Pat, thank you so much for, for being on the show and, and sharing the journey that, that helped you learn more about your childhood. So, so thank you. Can you tell us, tell our listeners how that journey began? Certainly. Um, well, first of all, to answer one of your questions, um, from start to stop, it was about a 32-year 32 32-year 32 journey. And um, while it wasn't a const constant journey, it was certainly a continuous one. Um, it started, um, I'll, I will use my my age rather than calendar years because it's easier to understand. My first letter was written when I was 30. Uh, when I was 38, I contacted with my birth mother over the phone where she was very forthcoming with information, including the information that I was, um, that she married my birth father and they continue to have a family. She also made it quite clear that she didn't want any further contact with me and that that would be our one and only phone call. Um, when I was 52, she passed away. A year later, my birth father gathered his adult children and told them who I was. And then nine years later, when I was 62, we all connected. So there was a lot of start and stops, but it had a very happy ending. And why I started the birth um, journey or the, the search was that right before I turned 30, my son was born and he had a couple of medical issues that could have been hereditary uh, influenced. So he had to go through a series of extensive and expensive a medical test, which turned out to be, thankfully, false alarms. But then a year later, I was diagnosed with cancer, not a false alarm. And um, I think my doctors were as frustrated as I was about my lack of medical history. Yeah. So that's what started my search. Wow. 
It's so impressive, Pat. Your, yours is a story of courage and resiliency, uh, and we're so happy that you were able to uncover so much information, as, as Phil said, not only for personal reasons, but you really needed this information for, for medical purposes. And so uh, you just inspire us all with your fortitude and your, and your patience through that very long time period. I, we should also mention to our audience that Pat is uh, joining us from Colorado, and so it's even earlier in the morning there, this Tuesday morning, and so we're, again, so thankful for you being with us and sharing your story. Um, can, can we ask you to um, give us a little bit of uh, a greater color on what Catholic Charities Post-Adoption Services did for you when you first reached out to Lisa Francis? Well, as Lisa mentioned, she is invaluable for people who are just starting out their search. But by the time I met her or contacted with her, um, I had already done all the legwork and had met my birth family 10 years prior. Uh, that being said, her help was just invaluable to me when she took me around uh, St. Vincent's where the former St. Vincent's I should say I gave me a perspective that I really did not have about my 17 days there and it was uh, a beautiful perspective and I went there on a fact-finding trip and uh, or a fishing expedition and I came out with so much more thanks to her perspective. Beautifully put. And and I know that along your journey, Pat, um, Father's Day became a, a significant milestone in your family. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it happened by um, happenstance. You could not plan this out. But the very first Father's Day was the day that I reached out to my birth mother. And she admitted to who she was. And she agreed to talk with me the next day because it was Father's Day at company. And that gave us a little bit of breathing space to talk about or to think about what we were going to say. Um, 30 years later, my birth siblings and I all sat at our father's funeral. And um, my oldest brother gave the uh, eulogy and in it he introduced all of us and including myself. And he said who I was and how I came into the family and the significant difference that I made into our father's life. Oh, there's my mom. <laughs> and. Um, also that we were included in, my husband, my children, and I were included in the obituary. It was um, just incredibly significant that the inclusion that I felt after that first Father's Day of rejection and the second Father's Day exactly 30 years later um, with the inclusion and acceptance. It was it was a dream come true, I guess you'd that, say. That, that's that's <laughs> profound, and I, I think we're so blessed, and our listeners are, are lucky to, to hear this story again. I know we're we're continually thanking you, but this is just such a wonderful, loving story. You you came you came to Chicago. You mentioned this. You came to Chicago from Colorado in the summer of 2022 and took a tour of 721 North LaSalle St. Vincent's Center. You mentioned that, but let's talk a little bit more about that trip. You know, give us some more color and our listeners some more of the story. There was there was a stop on that tour that tour that was especially moving to you. Can you share a little bit more about that? Certainly. Um, well, in 2020, I was supposed to come to St. Vincent's, but mm -hmm. the pandemic had other ideas. Same thing in 2021. Uh, 2022 finally came around. Most of us were comfortable with uh, getting out into the world. And I had about a three-week notice to come to Chicago for a family wedding, and it was a very packed trip, as they always are. But Lisa was so gracious and agreeing to come in, and actually she came in on her day off, which was amazing. Um, when I went there, drove up to the building or, or walked up to the building, and I was struck immediately 
by how unchanged the building was. <clears throat> um, and so when I was looking at that front door, I couldn't help but envision my parents walking into that building empty-handed and coming out an hour later with their arms full of me. <laughs> and that was the first of my several breakdowns that day. I had a meltdown, um, not just thinking about me, but of the 60,000 other birth parents who walked through that door empty-handed and came out with a baby in their arms. It was uh, just an unbelievable moment. Um, then when I went into the building and met Lisa in what was known as the fishbowl, <laughs> um, she told me that I was actually born in that building. And that certainly um, charged or reorganized my feelings about my origin story. I, I, it really shook me up because I knew that my mother had uh, stayed with a birth family, I'm sorry, a host family. And I just assumed, I don't know why, that um, I, she stayed with them, she wanted to labor, they brought her to the hospital, and then after I was born, somebody from St. Vincent came and picked me up. I had no idea that all that happened upstairs. And previously I found out that I was also baptized at that same building. I thought I was baptized at, Saint, uh, at the cathedral, but it was just actually uh, recorded there. But the baptism actually happened at the orphanage. So at the end of our tour, uh, Lisa took me to the, uh, the chapel. And first of all, I was not expecting anything quite as beautiful as it was. I mean, when you think about a chapel in an orphanage, it doesn't come near to the stunning chapel that's there. And we walked into the door and walked to the alcove that was on the left. And it's a very stark room, um, very sparse, I should say. But in that, it was very serene and very sacred. And I had the Oh, I think third of my meltdowns. Luckily, my husband was standing right next to me, so he because my knees actually buckled. And I thought about the sixty thousand other babies and toddlers who were baptized there, and it gave me a sense of solidarity with them. But also, I was so happy that we were baptized at the orphanage rather than our new parents' home parishes, because actually, for the days, weeks, or months that we were at St. Vincent's, that was our home parish. So, I think that was very profound. And then we ended that trip with, um, Lisa took me to the aisle of the church and she said, this is where your parents received you. And um, it struck me then that under this one roof, I was, I started my physical, my spiritual and my family life. And it was quite a moving and significant and profound moment. <laughs> Absolutely thrilling to hear you talk about it, Pat. If you'll please bear with us, we're going to take a break here on The Voice of Charity. Uh, and when we return, we're going to be continuing our conversation with Pat Conway and Lisa Francis about St. Vincent's Orphanage and the legacy that continues today. Please stay tuned. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged 9 through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. 
Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847-782-4224 in Lake County. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. I can't imagine myself going into any other school. Our school fosters growth by being a backbone to our family. My kids are incredibly well-rounded. I see a lot of kindness in them on a daily basis. One of the things I think Catholic schools do well is personalize the learning experience. You can hear joy in the classrooms. I feel that like I'm happy that I am in this kind of school. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artschicago.org slash findaschool. Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests, who are often experiencing homelessness, are offered disposable cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then, the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Meet the artists and see their extraordinary photos at this year's After Supper Visions photo exhibition on Friday, September 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. in Vincent Hall at 721 North LaSalle Street. That's Friday, September 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. Visit After Supper Visions for more information. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. Welcome back to The Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman here with Phil Zapeda, and we are so pleased to be talking today about Catholic Charities Post-Adoption Services. Um, and we have two wonderful guests, Lisa Francis, who is a post-adoption specialist working with Catholic Charities today, and Mrs. Pat Conway, who is with joining us from Colorado. Uh, Pat is an, was adopted from St. Vincent's Orphanage, um, and she is kindly here with us sharing her, the story of her journey to learn more about her early life. Welcome back, Pat and Lisa. Thank you. Um, and, and Pat, I, we just like to continue a little bit more um, talking about um, your journey of discovery. You know, you wrote a memoir about your research um, into your early life, and, and your words about the two most important women in your life are really quite powerful. Do you mind sharing us a little bit about that? Well, my name actually is Patricia Helen, and Patricia was my birth mother, and Helen was my, what I call, life mother. And Patricia gave me life and Helen gave me a life. And I am truly indebted to both of them for the love and sacrifices they made to uh, in the roles that they played. 
There's their pictures right above me. <laughs> Such a beautiful tribute to both of the mothers in your life. It's so inspiring to hear you talk about them in such loving ways. Um, and, you know, Lisa, we know that most of the adult adoptees that you speak with um, are, were born um, between about 1955 and 1970. Can you describe for our audience what St. Vincent's was like in those years at 721 North LaSalle Street? Sure. It was an incredibly loving, um, nurturing, caring environment, always very busy. On you know, one floor, there would be infants. On another floor, the toddlers. Um, the sisters or the daughters of charity ran St. Vincent's, and many people are familiar with Sister Mary Alice, the head of social services, who played a great part in the adoptions. Um, the child care technicians lived there on site during their training period. Volunteers were there constantly. Medical staff was there. So at any given time, the babies were held and fed and nurtured. And I would say what just what Pat said, it was a sacred space. It was a safe space, um, a place where people would be well cared for and loved. And there were as many as 250 women and children uh, living in St. Vincent's at, at any given time. Right, Lisa? Yes. It's yes. just, isn't Always. that amazing, Phil? It, it, it's, it's tremendous. And you, you think about, you know, um, those folks that want to learn about their childhood, right? And that can be a very, very joyful thing. But it can also be, a, I, I, I assume, a very difficult thing to process, as we've heard, you know, some of the, the, the trials and tribulations that Pat went through. Lisa, can you, can you talk a little bit more about the important support groups um, that you lead and how uh, ad adult adoptees often find that sharing their journeys with other adult adoptees is helpful in a lot of different ways? It absolutely is. This is the one place, and it's said in the groups over and over again, the one place where people can come and be understood. People say, this is my group. These are my people. They get it. I don't have to explain to them. They know what I'm going through. So um, we're very happy that we now, because of um, the pandemic, we switched to doing the groups over Zoom. So the wonderful thing about that is that we can reach people all over the U.S. and people attend. Um, we've even had someone from overseas um, join the group. But you know, no matter, and that's that's an extra special part of it because no matter where they are, in what state they're in currently, they get on the Zoom, start talking, and there's that instant connection back to St. Vincent's. And we also have um, groups for birth mothers. So um, they're able to have that same experience of going to a safe place where people understand them and they can share their story and be supported and connect with others. So the, the groups are very, very important. And Lisa, the, uh, uh, yeah, this, this is very important work. And for anyone listening in our audience that, that wants to contact you, what's the best way to do that? You can call me directly at 312-655-7093, or my email address is lfrancis, and that's F-R-A-N-C-I-S, 
at catholiccharities.net. Very good. Pat, Pat, we'd like to turn back to you, and, and you, you've mentioned um, in your memoir and, and in speaking with me as well that your faith played a key role uh, in your discovery process. Uh, if it's not too intrusive, can, can you share a little bit about that? Oh, I'd be happy to. Um, faith is a relationship between us and our Creator, and uh, the foundation of Christian faith, of course, is salvation, and one uh, avenue towards salvation, of course, is forgiveness. If we can't accept and know God's mercy, I don't think that we can ever accept and forgive ourselves. And if we can't forgive ourselves, and in turn, we can't forgive others. And I think in the adoption paradigm, uh, birth mothers have a lot, much, and many people to forgive. Um, and uh, that's so important to their, to their journey and to their self-love, I think. Um, but if faith is a relationship, it's difficult to know how do you have a relationship that always seems one-sided because we're always speaking to God and how does God speak to us? And uh, of course, through the Bible, and I think even now, uh, through angels who come in many various disguises. And the, dis the angels that come into my life are primarily people who I know who know me the best. And it's through their, um, They've offered so many life-changing insights and directions in my life, and for that I'm very grateful. Lisa, I want to throw it back to you because we have some important things um, uh, that happen on an annual basis. You have this fantastic annual gathering for anyone that was involved with, with St. Vincent's. When will that 2023 St. Vincent's reunion be held? It will be on Sunday, September 24th. And Mass is at noon. If people are interested in having a tour of the building, those will be starting at 10 o'clock. And we are happy to welcome all those who stayed at St. Vincent's or worked at St. Vincent's. And they can, if you're interested in attending, you can call me directly again, 312-655-7093. So, and we've heard how important an event like that really plays and in, played in, in, in Pat's life. Pat, is there anyone in our audience, you know, who uh, adopted by Catholic Charities and he or she is considering, you know, reaching out to learn more about their early life? What would be your advice to them? My advice is to prepare yourself for every possible scenario, knowing that the one that you get is probably not one that you prepared yourself for. But also know that even though the time is right for you and you're prepared and everything is a system, you know, go in your life, when you make that first call, you're going to be pulling the rug out from under somebody. And it may not be a, a their life might be in crisis at that point anyway. That has nothing to do with you. Um, they might not be their best selves when you call. Uh, just know to be patient and kind and understanding. And remember, it's not just about you. <laughs> Beautifully said, Beautifully Pat. Said. Can we also ask you in the short time we have left if you have any advice for any woman who might be listening or watching today's show who is facing an unplanned pregnancy? Certainly. Uh, women today have more options than they did in the uh, social constructs of previous decades. That being said, not all of those options are either ethically acceptable or financially available to them. Um, I would hope that every woman would prayerfully and thoughtfully give consideration to adoption. Um, it's a very courageous choice, and courage always 
walks with um, loss. But I trust me, that decision will benefit all parties involved greatly. You're such a wonderful ambassador, Pat, for, for host adoption services, for adoption in itself. And uh, it's just been a thrill having you on the show today. Thank you for your candor uh, and for your moving testimony. It's been really thrill, a thrill to have you with us today. Yes, thank you so much. And Lisa, you as well. You're, you do fan- phenomenal work. And, and just a reminder to everybody that, that uh, 2023 St. Vincent's Orphanage Reunion is scheduled for Sunday, September 24th. And Lisa's phone number again is 312 7093 if you would like to learn more. Wonderful. Again, thank you both so much. Um, We invite all of you back again next week for another edition of The Voice of Charity. For now, this is Phil Zapata with Katie Breedeman, and we thank you for tuning in and believing in the mission of Catholic Charities. Take care, everyone.